Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm so excited to welcome Kate Miller. Kate is the co-founder and CEO of Miss Grass, a brand on a mission to help the world get good at weed. Inspired by her stint working at a dispensary in college, empowered by a decade-long career in entertainment where she worked alongside Ben Silverman and led brand partnerships for Lorne Michaels' Broadway video. Kate is dedicated to making cannabis accessible, rewriting the pervasive and shameful narrative around this plant and building a community of conscious cannabis consumers. Welcome, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I'm really delighted that we have the opportunity to interview you today and hear your fascinating story and the incredible company that you have built in such a short amount of time. So let's start, if we if we can, um, just with a little bit about your background, where you grew up, how you got started professionally. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a proud Jersey girl. Grew up in New Jersey. I um, have an older brother who's a year older than me, who actually his senior year of high school got arrested and kicked out of high school for cannabis. Um, so at an early age, I is is that's kind of I, I bring this up because I think that's really where my cannabis journey started, where I did a deep dive on the history of this plant, why there's a stigma to begin with. And shortly after I moved out west to attend university in Los Angeles and California had a medical cannabis program at the time. So I went from Jersey where my brother got kicked out of school. It was in the local paper and it was a, such a big deal to a couple months later moving out west where cannabis was ingrained in California culture for decades and mm-hmm. That difference was was quite shocking. Um, and that's really when I did a deep dive on all things cannabis. I started using this plant more consciously in my own life. I have psoriasis, so I started using it topically and it has completely transformed my skin. Um, and I started using it to connect deeper with friends and as a catalyst for creativity and you name it, where I landed up... Um, working at a local uh, cannabis dispensary as a bud tender my junior year of college. And that's somewhat what planted the seed for Miss Grass. This is in 2008. And I bought the URL missgrass.com back then because at that time in the industry, there was very little brands that I felt authentically represented how myself and my friends were consciously consuming this plant. Um, But upon graduating college, I worked for a decade in the entertainment industry, Um, worked for a guy named Ben Silverman, who used to uh, be the president of NBC Universal and and, um, is the producer of a a lot of television shows, and then moved back east to uh, run brand partnerships for Broadway Video, which is Lauren Michaels' company. So handled that across properties such as Saturday Night Live. Um, started looking back into the space as more states, looking back into the cannabis space as more states were becoming um, legalized for recreational purposes and decided to ultimately pursue it as a full-time career. And we launched Miss Grass in January 2018. 
Wow, that's fabulous. I, I'm going to ask you to back up a little bit and just for our listeners, if you wouldn't mind explaining what a bud tender is in case they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It is the clerk when you, a dispensary is a legal store that you can go into like an alcohol store and buy cannabis products. And the bud tender is like the clerk behind the counter that helps people find the right products for them and, and sells them that. So essentially you're like friendly clerk that, that as you walk through kind of holds your hand through the purchasing journey in, in a cannabis store. And, and also I may be incorrect, so correct me if I'm wrong, but, but also um, have real insight into, um, you know, the types of cannabis that are appropriate for different types of ailments. If someone wants help sleeping or if someone is dealing with anxiety, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. So back then, this is 2008. So even what we know now about this plant, um, so much has progressed since then. But at that time, yes, real medical patients were coming in with different ailments of, you know, I'm going through chemo right now and looking for something to help me gain an appetite or um, I have serious back pain. Like, can you recommend that? And then of course, people were also just coming in like, I'm just trying to get high and have a good time, which is also beautiful and totally acceptable. So um, mm -hmm. you name it, my uh, role was exactly that, like to learn as much and absorb as much knowledge as I, as I could. And that was available at the time and help um, consumers find the right products for their specific needs. Well, I also have to add that I had the pleasure of working with Ben Silverman's mother, Mary, um, oh. back in the back in the early days of when Lifetime was launched as a women's network. And I still remember Ben being in college then, so I'm dating myself. But um, <laughs> anyway, so funny connection there. I love that. Um, so, so now let's talk about a little bit about, I'm just kind of curious because obviously the cannabis industry has really just taken off like a rocket. And, um, I think that the stigma that once was associated with it has, has changed and evolved, but I was curious to get your perspective on that. And in particular, what it's like being a woman in that industry. Yeah. I mean, women feel a lot of shame I feel and culture has has made us feel a lot of shame for um, various decisions that we make in our lives and I don't think cannabis is, is very different to that so you know when we started Miss Grass we heard from so many um, community members that were women of like you know cannabis has transformed my life or like cannabis helps me be a better mother or you know, cannabis is the the one thing that lets me like sleep throughout the night. And then in the almost that same sentence, they also say, but I can't actually like discuss that with anyone. I can't tell my friends and, you know, my children in, in school would like hear it and whatnot. So, you know, I think that's, that's definitely changing. And one thing that we um, do a lot at Miss Grass is, is share first person stories of community members who, of course, um, give us permission to share their stories, but so that other women and other consumers, not just women, but don't feel as alone. And it kind of encourages people what we call to get out of the cannabis closet and come out and share their stories because 
it does provide a um, an avenue for connection um, with other people who are also using this plant or who um, you know may not be using it but are looking for those stories to justify why they they should or or would try it. So you know it's definitely changing as cannabis is becoming more and more normalized and as more and more. Uh, states are becoming uh, legal. I think that will only the tailwinds of that is definitely working in our favor. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when I got into the industry and when that happened to my brother back in Jersey, and I started really understanding like why there was a stigma to even begin with, like there could be a whole podcast episode of us just speaking about the history of cannabis and the war on drugs and how this plant was used as a tool to essentially further like separate and harm the lives of of mainly black and brown individuals in our country and around the world. Mm -hmm. And that this stigma was, it was propaganda. Like it was, cannabis has been used for decades and decades as a medicine. And it wasn't really until the Nixon era that it, that that stigma was, was birthed and um, we still very much feel it and see it today. And from a business standpoint, do you find that more women are getting into the cannabis industry as business owners and and founders of, um, of various initiatives, whether it's cannabis tech or dispensaries or as growers? Yes and no. So when when I uh, when we launched Miss Grass back in January of 2018, Right before we were launching, I remember there was so much um, in the media of cannabis is going to be the first multi-billion dollar industry that is led by women and cannabis, you know, over the industry over indexes in female executives compared to other industries. And um, sadly, as this industry has continued to mature and in turn more and more capital has been poured into the industry over the past three years. Sadly, that percentage is going down and down, which is obviously due to the fact that as more capital is poured into this industry, with that comes the culture of the capital markets, which is predominantly led by white men. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and that's why I say yes and no. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. still extremely optimistic and there are incredible female leaders in this space that are leading with feminine traits such as compassion and collaboration. And honestly, all things that I would say like cannabis, honestly, inspires too. So it's it's a nice compliment to this industry. And I, I have faith that, um, as it continues to mature, it will, um, you know, hopefully more and more women are at the helm. And so now let's talk about Miss Grass. Share with the audience what makes Miss Grass really unique and what the vision was for you when you created the company. Great question. So when we launched back in January 2018, it has always been how do we create an extremely authentic brand in the space that authentically represents how we're consuming this plant? Um, our belief that just like any consumer industry, brands will drive long-term value in this space. And I think we're starting to see that more and more as the industry matures and consumers have more choices, brands are becoming more and more valuable. 
So from day one, it has been a brand play for us from a business perspective. Um, we, you know, what we started to do from day one and continue to be a massive pillar for the brand is lead with education. As we were seeing other industries, the wave of conscious consumerism, when you look at the beauty space and the rise of clean beauty and, and in the food, food industry follows suit and so on and so forth, you know, our belief is cannabis will be no different and consumers really want to be conscious consumers in across all verticals in their lives. So we really started out with how do we educate consumers so that they can be conscious in this space, um, which is why we uh, we have an online magazine through our site, MissGrass.com, where we're constantly creating um resources for consumers to learn about the history of this plant, to learn about the science of it, the products that work the best, you know, everything from like, what's the proper dose to what's the right form factor to you name it. Um, so we really still have that, uh, as a, as a really strong pillar in the brand. Um, I think that that really is what sets us apart is like, we're, true thought leaders in this space where we do the homework, not only for ourselves, but also to equip consumers so that they know when they're walking into a dispensary, how to read a label and what to look for so that they can be good at weed. Like it, it takes time to be good at weed. So um, we are, are helping in that way. And in, I was curious, some of your packaging and your product offerings are very specific to, obviously, a female clientele. Do you want to talk about some of your research and, and what came of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the beauty of, of how our journey... person relationship with our community and in turn have all of the data of understanding you know what the con this consumer's purchase journey looks like what are the you know form factors that she is purchasing what are the top needs in her life like is she looking for products to help her sleep or to help her with stress relief etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so we've used all of that intel to inform essentially our own product line um, so yeah, so we've kind of formulated, like, for instance, uh, we have Miss Grass Minis, which are mini pre-roll joints in the California THC market. And we also have a, a hemp and herb version that's available nationwide through our site. And we, we formulated that and, and looked for specific terpenes, which are essentially like ingredients in the plant that influence your high to elicit the effects that we know that our consumer and our community wants. Mm -hmm. So we have a product called Quiet Times on the THC side, and we have a product ZZZ on the hemp side that is for those moments in your life that you want to relax, be grounded, and kind of recenter. And we essentially formulated that because it's what our community was asking for. Wow, that's really interesting. And is it labeled that way? Yeah, so the the, um, the THC side is labeled as Quiet Times. That's the name of that skew. And then the, the hemp and herb side, which is available nationwide, is labeled ZZZ. 
calming CBD and, and um, herbs. So is that something you would recommend for sleep and kind of relaxation? Exactly. Got as the name would hint at. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's, I want to obviously talk about the startup hacks and I want to move on to that, but I just had one last uh, question for the cannabis side. What do you see given your knowledge and your connection to the community? What do you see when you look down the road two, three years in terms of the big changes coming in the cannabis field? One, there'll be a ton of changes as it relates to the um, regulations of cannabis. And every year there's more and more states that are are becoming and turning on legal. New York just went legal in the past couple um, months, which is, is definitely another turning point in this industry. Um, so I think we'll see a lo- with legalization comes access. So you know, which is beautiful where consumers who are in these states that may not have easy access to legal cannabis products will will have that. So um, that I think is is first and foremost, a, a, you know, the biggest thing is there needs to be more access to this plant for consumers. And that starts with the regulatory aspect of it. Got it. All right. One one other question I have to ask, because this came up yesterday on a call that I was on. There are unique marketing challenges when you're in this space, correct? And how, oh, yes. how um, I mean, we could do a whole show on that. So just really quickly, I mean, how have you as a entertainment executive who is so used to being able to just really kind of roll out the carpet strategically, how have you had to really uh, alter your your strategy when trying to get the word out about your business? Yes, there are a ton of marketing restrictions around cannabis, which is still a federally illegal plant in this country, hence why there are those restrictions. Um, so we've relied over the past couple of years on a lot of organic marketing channels, such as partnerships. Partnerships has been a, a incredible way for us to tap into like-minded audiences and get the word out about Miss Grass. So we've done partnerships over the years with Beats by Dre, Aloe Yoga, Lululemon, Soho House. Um, That's been a great way. And then, um, yeah, a lot of, we tap into what we call like Miss Grass loyalists, like people who already authentically are fans of the brand and engage with us and have their own, you know, decent size following and we'll tap into their following to also get the word out. So really relying on um, less of the traditional like paid channels, like the Facebooks of the world. Right, right. Got it. Okay, so let's move on now to some of your secret strategies, which is um, the heart of this show, in addition to sharing amazing founder stories, which yours is. Um, And I'm just wondering if you could share with the audience, you know, maybe three things that you have relied on when you were launching your business and perhaps, you know, still do in order to save time, money, gain a competitive edge, because one thing we all need is more time and you really always need to conserve your capital as a founder. So is there anything that you'd like to share that was really unique to your journey? I love this question. Um... Yeah, so I would say as it relates to saving time, I honestly cannabis has been such a such a lifesaver for me 
as it relates to this. And and I like to say, like, sometimes we need to slow down in order to speed up. And mm. cannabis, which I'm sure other people probably use, like meditation and yoga and, and things like that in, in place of what cannabis does for me, where at the end of the night, when I smoke a joint and I'm reflective of the, of the day that I just went through, as well as um, think about what's ahead in the week and the day ahead so that I can properly plan and organize my to-do list. It has been incredible for me to, mm. it's been my like slow down moments throughout the day to start the day and be able to really speed up. So that's been a, a game changer for me. Um, another thing is as it relates to saving money throughout this journey, we have found ways to really live by the like cash is king and any way that we can structure partnerships in a way that really do, had, really uses very little working capital, we do so. So mm -hmm. an example of that is when we first launched and we have an e-com marketplace where we sell third-party products on the hemp and, and accessory side that's available nationwide, we started as a dropship model. So we carried zero inventory up front and we actually only paid for that product until after the customer paid for it. Um, so yeah, so I'd strongly recommend, especially early days where like cash is king, structuring partnerships and um, the op side of thing in a way that uh, preserves your cash. Um, and last thing I'll say is, you know, I think that like one of the things that has allowed us to gain a competitive advantage is we, which kind of maybe sounds counterintuitive, but we've always operated with a very transparent and collaborative spirit, like even with people who others may deem to be like our competitors, like we have been so transparent from day one of like sharing our secrets, sharing our decks, like introducing to key stakeholders in the industry that have helped us along the way. And I really do believe that the more you give, the more you receive. And it has definitely, um, been something that has uh, helped us throughout this journey. I, I want to just echo that. And I think that point is probably one of the most key strategic points that any female founder should take to heart when building their business. And I think that is why a lot of um, great men who have created great companies have been able to scale as effectively and efficiently as they have because they have really used partnership and strategic alliances to really fuel their growth. And women have historically come from a place of um, feeling like there's just not enough out there. So mm -hmm. they haven't really shared and supported one another. And I think if we do more of that, the entire female founder um, industry per se would really be elevated. Amen to that. Yeah, 100%. So good for you that you really recognize that early on. And I 1000% agree with you. All right, so we are out of time, but I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze in one quick last question. So I'm going to ask you to be brief. Okay, here we go. Okay. If there was an entrepreneur out there, and there are many, uh, who's listening today, what one piece of advice would you give him or her that you wish someone had told you? 
jump and figure it out on the way down. There's some, <laughs> there's some, I, I joke about this, but honestly, naivety sometimes it was like a blessing for me at the beginning of of just going for it and figuring it out along the way to some extent. Um, so pursue totally, it. Totally agree. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It was awesome to have you on the show. Now, if our listeners want to find out more about you or your product, order your product, where can they get more information and find your products? You can follow us on social at Miss Grass, and you can check us out online at MissGrass.com, M-I-S-S-G-R-A-S-S.com. And there's information there on where our products are sold and you can find a lot through our site. And I'm presuming that you're also carried at some of the major dispensaries. Exactly. Yeah. And we have a stockist page through our site. So you can see all of the dispensaries that carry our products by, by checking out the site. Fabulous. Well, thank you again. And tune in next week for more Startup Hacks. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that will save you time and money while building your business. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Fernanda Kirapina, and we will see you next week.